everyone. Good morning. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a minute. No episode last week, but we're back. We're feeling great. We're better than ever. I'm finally home. I have so much to talk to you guys about. I literally can't even explain because I realized there wasn't an episode last week and the week before that was an entire episode with Jenna and there was no life update. So you guys have not gotten a life update from me in literally like three weeks. And so this episode is going to be all about my life recently, what's been going on, and I'm going to recap my trip that I just took for you guys. And I'm actually going to break it down and give you costs of how much the trip was, gas, food, my stays, what all I did, how long I've been gone, literally all that good stuff. So get excited because I'm excited about this episode. You know I love to talk about myself. (laughs) So this is perfect and then I can recap my trip because I'm really excited to just give you guys all the details on that And you guys know I love to travel and I'm giving you traveling solo road trip tips before so we're gonna kind of dive deeper into that So with all that being said, let's dive into some life updates I'm gonna throw it back a few weeks because again, like I said, you guys have not heard from me about my life in so long. And so I feel like I feel like there's very big life things happening that have sort of been talked about, but now they're a little bit more official. So, well, number one, I'm moving. It's actually happening. I'll dive into that in a second. And I've just been working so fucking much. Like, the summer has been so busy, and I'm, I'm literally so grateful for that. I have zero complaints. You guys know winter was so slow for me, so I'm being back in the summer where I actually have things to do again. It's just so exciting. Sorry, side note. I just am really happy to be back here on the on the mic. I can't explain. I forgot how much I've missed this. I haven't done this in t- over two weeks. And so sitting down here talking, I'm like, oh, wait, this is so fun. I forgot I love doing this because I didn't get to do it last week. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I've just been working a lot and just so many fun weddings. I know there was one a few weeks ago. It was the end of July, and it was just like... My couples just get me, and I love them, and they're just so much fun, and I just appreciate every single one of them. I am so behind in work as well. I have so much to edit. I did actually get more done last week while I was gone than I expected. I delivered three galleries. I have a fourth I need to deliver, but I did finish editing, and so I mostly just have a lot of wedding edits to crank out, and on top of that, August 1st, my website and branding all started, like, my rebrand started for my photography business, and so I have that on my plate that I need to, like, get her more information. Shout out, Becca. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm behind on things. I, yeah. So, (laughs) anyway, that's all been happening as well. There's just a lot. There's so much happening, and I just feel very behind, but on one hand, this trip made me feel more behind, but on the other hand, I feel like it kind of gave me, gave me the little break that I needed, even though it was filled with work. It still just gave me a little bit more of an outlet or like, I feel like it refreshed me a bit. So I feel like I can dive into work a little bit better this week and next week while I'm, I actually have all of next week off and I don't even know what to do with myself. I feel like most people's Augusts are always super busy and for me it's always July and September. So my July was super packed, my September super packed, my August was packed but not in the same way, you know, like it was a trip, I was traveling in that kind of way and then Yeah, this weekend, the next two weeks, I just have second shooting gigs coming up, so no weddings on my own for two weeks, which will be a nice little break. I can just try to catch up on 
catch up on all my shit, catch up on all my editing. I have July, June weddings that I want to get edited and back to my couples because I love them and it's already been eight weeks now and I feel bad. So we're going to try and crank those out this week and next week, but that is just like the perfect time. I could have moved at the be- end of September and it would have given me a little bit more time here, especially since I've been gone for the last two weeks, but I realized that I was like, September's so busy. I literally have an entire week off next week. I That's like the perfect time to move. So anyway, just so much work. I love my couples. I love my clients. Everyone is so great and everyone's been so patient with me. So I'm so grateful for that. I also two weeks ago went to a wedding as a guest and that was a time. It was so weird to see things from like the guest perspective because I literally have not been a wedding guest. Mm, I went to one with my ex last year, but it was just the reception. So we went at like it was, like, after dinner. We literally just went for the dancing. So, like, what, 7 p.m. or something? So, that I feel like that doesn't count as, like, being a guest. And it was a super chill backyard wedding. So, overall, I have not been an actual wedding guest. Mm, probably. I'm not even kidding. Probably since my siblings got married in 2017. I think every wedding I've been to since then I've worked at. Maybe I'm missing one in there, but otherwise I'm never a guest. So, that was just super, super fun for me. It was fun to just be able to drink all day. I mean, you know me, I'll have a glass, glass of something during the day if I'm working. But yeah, drink all day, be a guest, party it up, party all night, stay on the dance floor all night. It was great. I've also been making some questionable decisions and I feel like I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't... Okay. No, I'll elaborate. <laughs> questionable decisions in a good way. Like, they're not actually bad decisions. It's just, should I really be doing this? Mm, Probably not, but I'm going to anyway, regarding boys. And that's all I'll say. Okay, okay. Basically, I'm I'm really moving on. That's all. (laughs) That's all. That that really is it. Okay. Back to the moving situation. So, while I was in New York... Oh, you don't even know where I've been. Do you guys even know where I've been? I don't know. The start of my trip was in New York. And again, I'm going to dive into this trip, so just be patient. But at the start of my trip, I was in New York. I was with my aunt. I had just been home for a few days for that wedding I talked about. And so when I left my apartment, I knew I'd be gone for like probably 10, 12 days. And I was kind of sad about that because I was like, I feel like that's half of August. Like I don't want to be away for so long, especially when it's like such a nice time in Michigan. But I mean, that's just how it worked out. And I'm grateful for how it worked out. So it's fine. But I just knew that I was like kind of sad about that and I was like especially trying to figure out where I was going to be moving. So originally, like I said, I looked at that one apartment and it didn't work out and then I have not found anything. I had not found anything since then. And then I chatted with some girls about potentially moving in with them, but they decided that they would rather, I only want to move in with them probably for like two, three months while I figure out another place just as like a landing ground type of thing. And from their perspective, which was totally, totally understandable, I was not upset at all, they would have just rather, the landlord, she just wanted to put someone in there who would stay for, like, a year because, I mean, you're not going to want to find new tenants every three months. Like, that's just stressful. And then also the people that you're living with, like, it's just, it's the whole thing. So they just decided to go another way, which I was not offended about. I was like, that's totally fine. Something will come up. And so the whole time I was in New York and this whole trip, well, no, it was while I was in New York. I was with my aunt and we were trying to figure out places for me to live, trying to figure out my budget, just like I could splurge a little bit, but I also just didn't want the stress of that going into winter when it's literally my slow season where I'm making the least amount of money. I don't know how it's going to go. I mean, even next year, I only have a few weddings booked. I'm not 
it's just, it's very stressful being self-employed. And so I was like, I don't want to like take on this humongous rent when I have no idea what's going on. And so we just kept talking about it and I was like, I don't know, something's going to work out. Like, I feel like it's just going to work out. Well, ended up that the girl that owns the house ended up texting me and asking me if I could commit to a six month lease. And I was like, actually six months is perfect because I also have another friend who potentially wants to move to Grand Rapids, but wouldn't be till the first of the year and still convincing Lauren to try to move. Um, so overall I was like, actually, I feel like that would be perfect. Commit to six months there. That would be September 1st to March 1st, basically. And then by then I'll make it, I will have made it through like the worst of winter, like the worst of my slow season and maybe know a little bit more about where I want to live. I can get to know Grand Rapids a little bit better, have a much cheaper rent. Literally the rent at this house will be cheaper than my rent is here and my rent is cheaper. (laughs) And so overall I'm like, wait, this is probably the best decision. It was right after I was on the phone. I think I was on the phone with Steph and I was saying like, it's just going to work out or something. I was on the phone with somebody and I was like, I don't know, something's going to come up. And then the girl texted me. So I just feel like that's all coming together. And I'm a little bit emotional about moving already. It's in two weeks, especially because again, I haven't been here for two weeks. And I just, I know that it's time to shut the door on this chapter of my life. Like there's so many things attached to this. I used to share this apartment with him. I moved to this town for him. Like there's just so many things attached to the breakup. And I'm like, I know that I need to move on and I need to move on from this place. Even though I feel like I'm very much moved on and I feel really good about life and about myself and about all of it, I still just think that there's like a piece of me that can't fully move on until I'm out of here. And while I know that it still is like really, it's really hard to move. Like moving, I think is really emotional for me in general, just because I grew up in the same house my entire life. I never once moved until it was for college. And it was the same shit. Like when I moved out of my first college apartment, it was so emotional. Like it was so sad. It's just, this place becomes your home and like every inch of it you see every day. And like, I don't know. I'm, I know, I'm sure somebody feels the same way. Like, I know some people are so used to moving and they don't care. And I'm used to traveling and being all over the place. And like, that doesn't bother me, but I've always, I always have like my landing ground. And I think this was, this apartment was the first place that was ever mine. And like that I felt so safe and secure in and felt like I truly had a home, especially last year. I make it sound like I don't have a home at my parents. I do. I'm just saying that my own space, my own place. I feel like I'm diving way too deep into that. It's just that I'm emotional about it. And I feel like when I, like the last night in here is going to be really hard for me. And I just, I love this little town and I'm, I'm so fucking proud of myself for staying here all summer. When we broke up, I was so convinced that I needed to get out of this town immediately. I could not even look at anything here. I could not look at the apartment. Like, I couldn't do anything revolving this town. And then I decided that I wasn't going to let that, like, I wasn't going to let those emotions, like, ruin my summer or ruin this apartment that I love and this place that I have grown to love, especially during summer when it's the greatest time here. And so I'm just... I've had so many people say, like, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you stayed there. I don't know how you've done it. And I am so fucking proud of myself for staying here. Like, I just, it could have, I could have just ran away and ran away from all my problems. And said I legitimately faced them head on and dealt with it over the last five months. And 
I'm just so proud of myself. I'm proud of myself. I feel like I'm never truly proud of myself, but the last, like, week, I've just been noticing so many things that I'm so proud of myself for, so, yeah, that's that. I'm realizing right the second I think I have therapy today, and I totally forgot, so we're gonna have, like, two therapy sessions today, one on the mic and one for with someone I'm paying. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, that's that's all about that. I'm moving out in two weeks. My sister is hopefully coming down here next week, and we'll get some stuff moved down. Luckily, it's only an hour and a half drive down to my new place, so it's nothing crazy. I'm gonna send home a lot of stuff with her. I have to sell, like, my couch, my table, like, all my living room stuff. I'm gonna send home with her just a lot of other stuff. This bed is his, so I don't have to worry about that, and there's already a bed at the new house so I don't have to even bring one which or buy one which is so nice but yeah I just have a lot of I feel like in my head I'm like oh I don't have that much stuff but it adds up so fucking fast so can't wait for the moving out and moving in thing that's just so much work but it's fine yeah about the moving as well though forgot about this I I was really hesitant to move in with roommates because like I'm 21 I was 21 when I started living alone I'm 22 now I have my own apartment And it feels like a step backwards to move in with somebody else and have roommates again, especially because living alone felt like such a big step for me and it felt like such a big accomplishment. Or living with a partner, like doing both. I've done both of those things within the last year and I feel like both of those seemed like really big accomplishments. And so moving in with roommates feels a little bit like a step backward, but I... And just reminding myself of all the positives, like I'm going to be saving money, I'm going to have built-in people to talk to and hang out with during my slow season, which after last year, like, these are things I need to reflect on, and like, it didn't go super well for me last year not having people around me, and so it's like, okay, this is, you're going to have built-in people around you, you're going to have people, you have more friends in Grand Rapids, like, I don't think the moving in with roommates is actually a step backwards, it just feels like it at first glance, you know. It's also just, I feel like it's part of life in your 20s, living with other people. I mean, I've clearly done that multiple times. I've had three different sets of roommates in the three years I was in college, and so I'm already used to the roommates part. It's not like it's, like, something new for me. I already know how to do it. Like, you know, I know how to, like, live with roommates, and I just, it doesn't mean I'm any less successful. I feel like that's been a wandering thought in my head is that I'm like, well, I live alone, I am accomplished enough to do that and now I'm going to take a step backwards and live with people again and have cheaper rent and I just feel like it makes me less successful but it does not it it does not at all living with roommates does not make you less successful it's just that that's where I'm at in life now and that's totally okay and I'm going to be so grateful I saved all that money like if I would have like okay let's break it down my rent here is 650 at this apartment which is very, very affordable. And then I pay utilities and Wi-Fi. So it usually ends up being like 800 bucks a month. And I've only been paying that, like everything since the breakup. Um, We used to split the rent, split everything. We lived here together. Anyway, so that's my rent now. Moving into the new place, it'll be 550 plus utilities. So it'll be probably like between 520 and six something, depending on our utilities because it's a big house and we just all split the utilities. So basically I'm going to be saving money and 
if I were to have found a place by myself, I was not going to find anything for less than a thousand. So already right there, I'm paying half of what I would have been paying if I was by myself. And so I'm like, this is, this is a good thing. I have so much time left to live alone and do that again. And maybe I will after these six months are out. Maybe I'll find a lease that's perfect or a place that's perfect and I decide to live alone again. I don't fucking know. But right now, this is what we're doing. I'm embracing this period of time in my life and I'm just very stoked about it. And also, having cheaper rent and, like, sharing a place makes me makes me less stressed about traveling because, like I said, the last two weeks I've been gone, I feel like I, like, wasted... This makes no sense, but... I, I feel like I wasted money on this apartment because I've been gone for two weeks. And I'm like, oh, I wasted, like, like I paid a month's worth of rent and I'm literally only going to be here for two weeks. Well, if you like to travel, that's just how it works, number one. But number two, it's like when I'm sharing a house, like, I don't have a choice on whether or not I have the place. Like, I could have gotten rid of this apartment months ago, but I chose not to. And then it's like, well, now I feel like I'm wasting money on rent when I'm not even around. And I want to travel all the time. So it's just like a whole circle of whatever in my head. So now that I'm in a place where I'm sharing it with people, I just have a room. My rent's cheaper. I just feel like I can travel more and not feel like I'm wasting all my money on rent, you know? So that's, that's that about moving. That's that about my life updates, I think. But as for this trip and just traveling in general, I've talked about traveling alone before. I've talked about solo road trips. I want to do more episodes on traveling. I've just been kind of figuring out what exactly I want to talk about and like how I want to approach it. So I feel like this is kind of an intro to all of that. But honestly, traveling alone is so fun. I have traveled alone a lot. I've traveled with family a lot. I've traveled with friends a lot. And while there's beauty in literally every kind of traveling and no matter who you're with, there's pros to it. I'm really, really loving traveling alone, and I think this trip, like, this trip, this trip, this trip, I have so many things to say about this trip, I feel like it has solidified a lot for me, just on the fact that I like to travel alone, I've never been happier to be single, like, never have I ever (laughs) been so happy to be single, and I just feel like I'm becoming my own best friend, and I'm just so fucking happy and proud of myself. Again, that does not mean that I don't have bad days because literally last night I got home and was so exhausted and just like wanted to cry. Don't know why. Just after having the best days ever that I felt like I wanted to cry because you just you, you crash a little bit. But I am just obsessed with traveling alone. And I had so many people asking me like what like first of all, how was that even enjoyable to drive that much to be alone for all that time? Like I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I still get bored and like feel a little bit lonely at some points and I'll call people and chat on the phone. But for the most part, like this trip, I am trying to think of a time where I felt like specifically lonely and I just like didn't. Even in the hours and hours and hours that I spent alone, I just, I had things to say a few times. So I'd call people and just chat their ear off for a minute. And then that was about it though. And I just feel like I'm becoming my own best friend again. There's no rules when you're traveling alone. You have no choice but to like think and like dream about your life and about think about yourself and what you want and all of that. You can literally do whatever you want when you're traveling alone. I I really did that as I'll get into in a second and you just figure it all out as you go. There was no 
no one to argue with my plan or my lack thereof of a plan. And I've never, I've never been happier to do a trip alone. And I know that I absolutely enjoyed trips with my ex and I didn't, I enjoyed trips with my friends and I'm sure that I'll find someone someday that makes me enjoy trips even more with them because it's right. But right now, at this point in my life, it is right for me to be traveling alone and doing these things alone because it's so fucking fun. It's literally just so fun. At one point, I legitimately was crying tears of happiness, which sounds so <laughs> dumb. It sounds so dumb because it doesn't sound dumb. I don't know. I just, I was driving through the mountains of New Hampshire and I was like, holy fucking shit. This is my fucking life. This, I'm doing, I'm doing so many cool things with my life. I'm fucking cool. Like, I had somebody on the dance floor at the wedding this weekend just look at me and be like, you're so fucking cool. Like, you're such a cool photographer. I'm like, literally, shut the fuck up. Like, I'm not cool. I'm not cool. I'm not cool. Don't say that. But you know what? It, I am cool. And it, uh, JC and Chelsea were just talking about this on the What We Said podcast, podcast and saying how, like, it's so hard. It's so easy for me to tell other people, like, you're so fucking cool. You do great things. You're so good at your job. You're so successful. Like, I, I'm just amazed by you. But then I, for a split second, if I even think those things about myself, I'm like, you, like, conceited bitch. <laughs> like, you cannot, you cannot think those things about yourself. Like, you have to wait for other people to give you that validation. No, fuck that. Literally, fuck that. Sorry, I feel like there's been a lot of, I, I, nor, I always swear, but I feel like there's been a lot in the last five minutes. But, but fuck that, though. Like, you, you can hype yourself up. Like, you can be your own supporter. You can give yourself your own validation. You do not need that shit from anybody but yourself. Hype yourself up. Be your own supporter. And I don't care if I sound a little bit conceited or self-centered. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. Because I am fucking cool. My life is becoming fucking cool. I'm doing cool stuff. And I'm so proud of myself. I'm saying that I need to be my own supporter and you need to be your own supporter. That doesn't make you not humble or conceited or something. Like, I'm still a very humble person, I would say, but I'm going through a phase of my life right now where I need to feel this confidence from myself and just be be confident in it. And I think, I feel like I'm going to get into a tangent, but when guys are confident in themselves, like, that's what we want as girls. Like, I feel like when I'm, like, going out to a bar, like, I see a guy, like, him being confident in himself is so fucking attractive. But, like, if... So then I try to be confident myself, but I feel like it's a thing, like, when women are, like, loud or confident or then we come off, or, like, obsessed with ourselves, then we come off as conceited and bitchy and whatever. But it's like, no. I love taking pictures of myself now because I like the way that I look and I think that I'm hot. And so I'm going to take pictures of myself and I'm going to post them and I'm going to say that I'm proud of myself and I'm going to hype myself up and I'm going to tell myself that I'm cool. And I don't care because that's, uh, that's what I need right now. So... Wow, I just went into a little tangent, but what I was getting at is that I was crying tears of happiness because I just, I feel like I'm living the life that I want to be living and one where I can do, do what I want and be who I am with no one to shame me for the way that I am and how I choose to live. Um, there's no one to tell me that me having zero plans is dumb or is going to not pan out because you know what? My zero plan weekend my zero plan trip, she worked out so fucking well. I tried to plan this trip months ago. And every time I sat down to it, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. Didn't really have a plan until like two days before. And then the end of the trip had zero plans the entire time. And so I'm like, that's who I am as, as where I'm at in life. 
I'm sure at some point, don't get me wrong, I still get super anxious and like I still want to have, I still had a general plan. I still knew I needed to be home by a certain day. I knew that there were these places I wanted to hit, but as for like where I was staying, what exactly I was doing, how far I was going to make it, I didn't know and I didn't care because I was like, whatever happens, happens. I'm tired of being a ball of anxiety and I'm, I am very curious, again, if what this trip would have been like if I wasn't single, what this trip would have been like if I was still on birth control, like all these things that I feel like were affecting my mental health, what would this trip have been like then? I mean, the world may never know, but I just know that with all the things that worked out, this trip was great. So, I don't know if there's correlation there, but I'm gonna take it, okay? So yeah, I just, I've never felt more like myself and just more confident in who I am. I talked about this on my Instagram stories a little bit this weekend while I was driving. I was just like, I, I'm so proud of myself. There's so many things I'm doing and at the end of the day, money comes back and time does not. So who cares? Who cares? Do whatever you want. <laughs> okay, let's actually dive into the trip details. I'm going to break it down quite a bit. If it doesn't make sense, I'm sorry. If it seems like a lot, I'm also sorry. But I feel like you guys, I'm the type that likes details. I want to know the nitty gritty. I want to know everything about what somebody's doing with their life because I'm nosy. That's the thing to know about me. I am a nosy bitch. So, if there's any other nosy bitches out there, here's the tea. Okay, so number one. Oh, I don't have the dates written down. I wrote all this down so that I could make sense of it. So, let me open up my calendar. Okay, so August 3rd, I left. Also, which is crazy that it's halfway through August and I literally left my apartment on August 3rd. But anyway, August 3rd, I left Ludington, drove down to Grand Rapids, and that was an hour and a half. And that was to check out the, that apartment that I was looking at that I did not get, lol. And check out the house that now I'm going to be moving into. And then I stayed at my friend's that night in Lansing, which was an hour. And then the next day I drove from Lansing to Port Hope where I, my parents live. And that was like three hours. And then I was there all weekend. I got my hair done, which... Again, I don't think I've tried it with you guys. I got my hair, I got my extensions moved up and I'm more blonde again. And man, I just feel like such a bad bitch every fucking time. And so I was home, had some sessions, did some work, went to the wedding that I was guest at, whatever. Sunday, I laid in bed all day, hung over. That was like August 7th. Laid in bed, hung over all day, slept on and off all day. Because <laughs> I literally got no sleep the night before. And then, yeah, just slept on and off all day. Because I knew that I had a 13-hour drive on Monday. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get my sleep. Like this is going to be an exhausting week, whatever. So Monday I drove from Port Up to New York City and that was to stop and see my aunt. So I, with this trip, I had work planned Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So it was the 10th, 12th, 13th, whatever. I'm going to talk about done by days now. So hope you understand. Wednesday, I had a session that I was shooting a couple session in Connecticut. Friday, I had a wedding in Connecticut and Saturday I had a wedding in Boston. And this whole trip started because back, this was like back when I was still in a relationship, I was looking at my calendar back in like March and I was like, hey, my August is very chill. Like I don't really have a lot going on in August. I feel like I want to get some travel in because it's really, it's hard to travel in June and July because they're so busy. And so I was like, let me get some travel in. But if I want to travel, I want to find some work to do while I'm there so that it's worth it, you know? So I started up looking, there's this site called HoneyBook, which is where like my client management system and they have like an opportunities tab where you can go and look for 
second shooting, associate shooting, any, like, photography, creative entrepreneur opportunities going on. And so I literally just started searching, I think I started searching cities just on the East Coast, because I was like, oh, I want to go to the East Coast. I honestly don't even know what my thought process there was, I just wanted to travel, so I I think I was searching, honestly, I think I was searching cities all over the country, and then I ended up finding somebody who needed a second, or no, he needed an associate shooter, which for those of you who are not photographers, basically that means that the original photographer can't be at the wedding anymore, and so they hired an associate to go in place of them, and then I get paid hourly, so I get paid 100 bucks an hour to just show up and shoot. So it's very good money, and I don't have to do any editing, I don't have to do any communication, it's literally just the showing up and shooting part of it. And I saw that somebody needed one in Connecticut, and I was like, oh, let me look at that. And at the time, I... Like, again, there was, like, other things going on in my life, but I was like, oh, I feel like I could make a little solo road trip out of that. I'd go visit my aunt in New York, like, maybe see some friends on the East Coast. Like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. And so I ended up reaching out to her, and she was like, oh, my gosh, yes, like, I'd love to have you. And in this situation, like, she got, the original photographer got pregnant, and she was moving across the country, and so she just couldn't be there at the wedding. And so we ended up chatting, hopped on a phone call. She loved, we loved each other or whatever. I feel like love was such a big word <laughs> liked each other and she liked me for the wedding and for the couple and whatever so she hired me and so then that's been in the book since like March and so then as it got closer I was like I need I want to like plan some other things while I'm out there I want to make like a whole trip of it because the only thing I have planned right now is like August 6th I had that wedding I was going to be a guest at and then after that I didn't have anything until the 17th or 18th of August and so I was like I have so much time so let's do something fun And so I started looking for more opportunities on HoneyBook and ended up stumbling across a second shooting gig in Boston the day after. And at this point, I had already posted that I was in like March or April, whatever, I posted that I was going to be on the East Coast. And one of my photographer friends, Hannah, she lives by Boston, was like, oh my gosh, we need to meet up, we need to hang out. So I was like, oh, this would be perfect. If I went in Boston the next day, like I can definitely see her, like I'll figure out all the logistics of it, like we'll make it work. So, long story short, all that started to come together a couple weeks before I ended up booking the session in Connecticut the week of, two, And so, at that point, then I had three things going on. So, I was like, all right, I'm going to leave on Monday, drive the, it said 11 and a half hours, but it ended up being 13 hours. I'm like, I'll drive to New York City. I'll stay with my aunt for a day or two and then do my session, do my wedding, do all that. I haven't been to New York in, I think since 2019. Ethan and I had a trip planned there last year and we ended up canceling it. And so... Yeah, I have not been there in three years. And so I was like, all right, I am, I'm going to drive out to New York. Like, that'll be great. And so that 11 and a half hour drive ended up being like 13, which I expected. I've driven to New York with friends twice, once in 2018, once in 2019. And both times, like, it ended up taking like 13 hours. And so 13 hours there. It was a interesting trip. It really wasn't bad. Like, I feel like the drive did not take 13 hours. I was kind of chilling. It wasn't bad. I will say though, on like the second or third hour, I was in Detroit. So it must have been like hour two or something. (laughs) Basically not very deep into my trip. And I rear-ended somebody in Detroit. The depths of Detroit. (laughs) We're like under an overpass. It was so, so busy. So many cars on the road. The roads were shit. I was trying to get off on exit. Everybody, everybody slammed on their brakes. I did not sign my mind fast enough, rear-ended the guy in front of me. And in that moment, I was just like, first of all, this is it. This is over. My trip is over. I 
probably just destroyed my car. Like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, blah, blah, blah. We pull over. It's so busy. There's, like, barely any shoulder. So, I can't get out of my car because there's so many cars going by. I finally get out. The other two guys get out. They're like, oh my gosh, are you okay? I'm like, uh, uh, buddy, are you okay? Like, I just rear-ended you, sir. All right. Don't mind a little change in audio if it sounds a little bit different. It's because I just recorded, like, another 15 minutes from the spot, whatever, of me talking, and then I look down at the screen and I realize that the audio is fucked up and I did not notice. So, I'll continue from here, but if, it's, if it, the audio sounds slightly different, it sounds like a cut, that, that's why. So, yes, rear end of the guy, he was like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm fine, it's totally fine, um, and I just felt bad for him, and he ended up saying it was fine, he would just go on his way, and I was like, are you sure? And he was like, no, no, we're fine. So I don't know if he didn't have insurance, or he just didn't care, or whatever, but I was fine with it, because I didn't have to deal with it. And so we went on our merry way, I then... My car, like, looked a little bit beat up, but I didn't really notice much, and then I did pull over at a gas station a little while later when I was in a good area, and I was looking at it, and I sent a picture to my friend. I was like, oh, yeah, I just rear-ended somebody. Uh, Hopefully my car is fine. We did notice that I was missing my GMC plate, like, my logo on the front, so that's gone, and then it's just, I don't know, she's a little beat up. She scratched up. Not the greatest, but in the end of the day, it's really not that big of a deal. I'm not that worried about it. I already have some dents on my car. At this point, I'm kind of just driving my car into the ground. I've put over 30,000 miles on it in the last year and three months from work. And so I'm like, at this point, she's a trooper. I'm going to just keep driving her and hope for the best. So that was the beginning of my drive. And then I had like 13 hours total to drive. And I ended up, it was fine. Like, it was great. I was cruising. I didn't really have any cares in the world. I listened to podcasts. I spent a lot of time just, like, with indie music on, just, like, thinking about life. I actually turned on my voice recordings to my intern and sent her so many audio messages (laughs) about things I want to do with the podcast and just, like, things I want us to do. And then I was listening to a podcast episode about like about podcasts and like how to grow them and just like Instagram strategies and stuff like that which like the kind of thing I don't normally listen to just because I'm like I don't really care I'm gonna do what I want but it was just it was actually super helpful information so I sent that to her like we were just brainstorming a lot I was like so sorry if I'm annoying but I just like have all these thoughts and so yeah that was my drive and then I was like an hour outside the city I was like oh I'm almost there like just cruising through New Jersey and it was like pretty wide open roads like a four lane there was like no traffic and I'm like just like looking off to the side looking around looking at the scenery I look up ahead and there's like a giant cloud of dust and smoke I'm like um that looks concerning and I like quickly was like coming up on it and I was like oh I need to get over like this is clearly an accident and so I was trying to get over to the right but there was like a semi behind me so I ended up having like speed up to get over and then like slam on my brakes and whatever pulled off to the side of the road and it just like it was a bad accident and two cars were, like, destroyed. There was a car in the... So, the two cars were in the left lane. There was a white car, like, up ahead in the left lane. Absolutely destroyed. Its bumper was over, like, in the third lane to the right. And there was a car behind it in the left lane, also destroyed. And there was a car, like, in between them, but in the lane over to the right. And the guy was just, like, sitting there with his hands on the wheel, just, like, looking straight ahead. I swear he was probably... I, I don't know if he was involved at all. Like, if he was part of it. Maybe he caused it. I literally have no idea. But he just looked in complete shock. And so I was like, I don't know if I should, like, help. Me and another car were pulled over on the shoulder. And there was already a truck coming up with lights on. 
and then the one guy had helped the lady get out of her car. Like, there was just a lot going on. I was like, I feel like I'm not needed here. So I just kind of took off. But that was just insane because I was like, well, I'm almost here. I've had such a chill drive except for my rear-ending someone. Now I just watched an accident. Which I know, I'm sure if I would have been looking straight ahead on the road, I probably would have seen the accident happen. Because, like, I was looking out the window and then I, like, looked ahead and I saw, like, the big cloud of smoke. And so I'm like, clearly that just happened. So that would have been insanity to see it happen. Terrifying. But yeah, so that was my drive to New York. Got in late Monday night. Got all my shit out of my car with my aunt and my uncle. Saw my cousins. And we got really lucky. She lives in a townhouse, like... I think in Harlem, like Hamilton Heights. I don't really know. Harlem area, definitely. And we were getting all this stuff out of the car and there was a guy behind me that was like, hey, I'm gonna pull out. Do you want the spot? And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. So I literally got blessed, got a spot right in front of their townhouse. Meanwhile, her and my cousin are literally parked blocks away and I'm like, oops, sorry. So that was really nice. And then the next day was just super chill day. Spent the day in the city. Like I said, I haven't been to New York in like three years. And so it was just, it was super nice to go. I haven't been there since 2019. So it was, it was very nice. And I did realize I don't have a huge interest in living in New York anymore. I used to think that I could, but not anymore. It's, just, it's, it's too much for me. But it was super fun. We went down to Chelsea for the day, hung out, walked around, went to Restoration Hardware, the rooftop, went there for lunch. And then we also went to Room and Board, which is like the furniture store. Because my cousin is moving into his new apartment in Chicago at the end of the month. And so, basically, he was, like, looking at some furniture just to get an idea of what he wanted and stuff. And, oh, my God, I literally could have bought everything in there. It's so fucking cute. I can't wait to have my own place that's what I want, you know, and can decorate and whatever. So, that was fun. Ended up going, doing a little bit of shopping. Went to, I think it's called Little Island like, it's that little island thing that got built in Chelsea. Went to, th- walked through the Chelsea market. Just, yeah. It was literally the hottest day of the summer in New York. Perfect day to be outside. <laughs> Sweating my ass off all day, but it was so much fun. It was just nice to hang out with my aunt and my cousin. Haven't seen them in so long. Um, so it was just great. And then ended up, yeah, stayed there again Tuesday night. And then needed to leave Wednesday to go to my session in Connecticut. And the thing was, my session was, like, 45 minutes to an hour outside of the city or outside of like where I was and so I knew I needed to leave like somewhat early but not too early and like I basically the time that I needed to leave was at like four but if I would have left then then I would have hit really bad traffic so I ended up leaving super early left like two my session wasn't until I think 6 45 so I had lots of time once I got there which I did hit some traffic on the way already anyway and then literally just wandered around Stamford, checked things out, got some matcha, got some avocado toast, and then ended up just sitting in my car for a little while. It was kind of nice, relaxing, did some editing in my car, waiting for my session. I was just really tired, and so I was like, whatever, I don't even want to find anywhere to sit. I'm just chilling in my car on the side of the road. This is great. And then shot my session. They were so great, so much fun. I originally had planned to drive back to my aunt's because I'm very cheap, I'm frugal, I like to make my traveling as cheap as possible. And so I wanted to basically find a place to stay every night and not really have to pay for anything. But after realizing that I'm like, it makes no sense to drive back to my aunt's Tuesday night or drive back to my aunt's Wednesday night and then drive, have to drive like four and a half hours up to Boston. Then if I hit traffic, like it's going to be even worse. And so I was like, if anything, I'm better off just driving a few hours, like an hour or so 
from Connecticut, get a little bit further into my drive, and then just have a little bit left the next morning to get up to my friends in Norfolk, which if I'm saying that wrong, I'm sorry, I'm probably going to butcher it every single time, but my friend Hannah lives up in Norfolk, and so we had planned to go to Boston for the day. Anyway, sorry, I feel like I'm being so confusing, but instead of driving back to my aunt's, I was like, I'll just drive a little bit further. Well, I ended up getting drinks with my couple afterwards. I ended up spending the night on Colleen's couch. God bless her. It was great. Then I got up the next morning and only had three and a half hours to drive up to Boston. So, or up to Norfolk. Got to Hannah's. We hung out a little bit. Then drove up into Boston for the day and hung out there. That was great. I'd never been to Boston. I feel like that was the first city in my trip that I was like, oh, I could see myself living there. Because like Boston, like you still have your it's still easy to have your car. There's still, I don't know. I just really, I liked the vibe of the city. Definitely. Definitely more than New York, more than Stanford, more than any other cities I've been through. I also stopped in downtown Providence, Rhode Island. I was going to stop at this really cute coffee shop, but I could not find parking anywhere. So I gave up on that, but whatever. So went into Boston. So much fun. We went to a restaurant called Pink Taco. Definitely check that out. We were in the seaport area in Boston. Boston. I can't, I can't even have a Boston accent. Went to the seaport area, went to Pink Taco, had these really good shrimp tacos, had guac, had frozen mango margarita. We were thriving. It was great. Then we walked around a little bit and we're like, why don't we go to this place? It's called Cisco Brewing. It's like a pop-up thing. I think it's like super popular in the summer. And so they had, I had these Nantucket, I had a Nantucket Blue, which I think is like a, I think it was a vodka soda, but like blueberry. It was very, very good. Very, very, very good. We ended up sitting there. We got there right when I opened at four. And so Hannah and I were just, we're both single. And so we were both talking about guys. And I was trying to explain like a typical Midwest guy to me, to to her. She's explaining like typical New England men to me. And I was like, here's the thing though. Because she's like, I'm so tired of these like stupid New England men. And I'm like, no, like I want me New England man. Like give that to me. Like that's hot. Like, no, like let's, let's find some hot New England men. So we ended up sitting at this brewing thing and... As we're sitting, it's like outside, as we're sitting there, all these like finance bros start piling in after work. And so it was just like really funny to like watch it fill up. And what she described as a typical New England man was to a T. They all walked in, they were all wearing the same Lululemon pants, rolled, like literally the exact same outfits, backwards hats, all of them. It was just, it was so funny. So I ended up getting kind of drunk there, had three of those. She was the sober girl, drove us home. It was great. Got some work done that night, and then the next morning, that was when I had to drive to Stonington, Connecticut. Okay, I'm trying to speed this up because I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm taking a lot of time here. So the drive from New York City to Stanford was an hour. Stanford to Norfolk was three and a half. Then I had to drive from Norfolk to Stonington, which was supposed to be an hour and a half. But again, East Coast traffic just stresses me out. Steph was just on the East Coast, and she was like, "I feel like everywhere we went, we were always late because of traffic." And so I was like, "I cannot be late to any of these things." So. I left super, super early on Friday morning, way earlier than I needed to, but that was fine because then I got, I got to get into Stonington. I had like an hour and a half to just chill, walked around downtown, got coffee, ended up parking my car, walking all the way down to the end of Stonington, which is like a little like peninsula type thing with like a little beach, checked that out, walked back. So I got like a mile and a half of walking in before my wedding even. Then I had my wedding. The wedding was literally stunning. It was like 70s vibe. The couple was the coolest fucking couple ever. I mean, I say that about all my couples, but still, they were so great, Lexi and Georgie. Georgie was from Ireland, so he's, like, actually Irish. All of his family flew in from Ireland. Just a crazy fun party wedding. It was, the vibes were immaculate. 
everyone was so nice. The videographer I worked with was great. My second shooter was great. Like, just literally like one of those like perfect, super fun days. I will say, not perfect when I had my camera malfunctioning during the ceremony. So that was extremely stressful. I've never had anything like that happen. My cards filled up right before the right before the bride was walking down the aisle. So I'm literally sprinting to the back. It's an outside ceremony. Sprinting to, to my bag. People probably thought I was a psychopath, but I was like, I literally don't care. I can't miss this. So I sprint to my bag, grab new cards, don't have time to format them, which if you know, basically one of them had not been cleared off. So I looked and it only had 50, one of them, my camera will only shoot if both cards are in and one of the cards, and won't just write to one card unless I change that setting. So one of the cards only had 50 picture, like 55 photos could be taken as the bride was walking down the aisle. So I was like, all right, shoot slow, make sure you don't fill it up. And then the second, like, she walks on the aisle, the hug is done with the dad, whatever, then run and like format, then run and change the cards again so that you have like fresh cards and can format them or whatever. So I end up taking the photos. I, it was just, it was a whole, I can't even explain what I did because I, I honestly, I got confused. I ended up, I had all the photos, took, I have them all. It's not a big deal. It's fine. It worked out. But when I went to go change the cards in my camera, my camera must've overheated and so it was saying error on both my cards wouldn't even turn on so then at that point then I had to switch my lenses put them on my other camera body which is why you have two camera bodies it was just a whole shit show by the time the, the ceremony was over I just like had real like my anxiety was like through the roof I was trying to like calm myself but I just I I needed a minute and then everyone after the ceremony was like when are we doing family pictures and I was like I need like five minutes I was like normally I'm the type that I want to get these done but I was like I am like once my anxiety, like, gets up, I need to, like, take a second to, like, get it to come back down, and then it was fine. The rest of the day was great. It was totally fine. Whatever. So, yeah, that was a great time. Couple ends up convincing me to come to the bar with them afterwards, so got a few drinks with them. It was a whole thing. End up going to Boston the next day for my wedding, which was, like, two-hour drive up to there. Then stayed the night in Norfolk again that night after my wedding in Boston, which the wedding in Boston was absolutely stunning. I was second shooting, just so gorgeous. I can't, I've never done a hotel wedding, so that in itself was just awesome. Both the weddings were just absolutely stunning. Probably one of the nicest couples I've ever met on Saturday in Boston. It was the photographer I worked with daily. She was great. Overall, so, 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 so great. Then this is when the more exciting part of the trip comes in. I feel like I just took way too long explaining the rest of that. Sorry, but this was the exciting part of the trip. So I really had no plans. I... As, like, the week went on and as I was there, I was, like, I really want to go up to Maine. But I was, like, I feel like that's just such... Going from New York to Boston already added, like, three, four hours to my drive... Three hours to my drive home. So, I'm, like, my God. Like, that's... I just feel like going up to Maine, like, that's so stupid. But I was, like, I just... I want to drive... I keep hearing the song Stick Season by Noah Cahan or whatever. And talks about the mountains of Vermont. And I'm, like, I just... I want to go to Vermont. I want to go to New Hampshire. And I realized that... I had never been to Rhode Island, Maine, Verham New Hampshire, and Vermont. And so I knocked off Rhode Island. I was like, man, I'm really right here. I don't have to be home for work until Wednesday. Like, it's only Saturday. I feel like I should, like, hit these states. So as of Friday and Saturday, I still did not have plans. Like, I <laughs> was at the wedding on Friday and, like, talking to everybody. And they're like, what are you, um, what are you doing? Like, everyone was just so shocked that I was from Michigan. So I was explaining all that. And they were like, this is so cool that you're just, like, out here. And I'm like, yeah. Like, how are you getting home? What's the plan? I'm like, don't know. Might go to Maine. I literally have no idea. And so Saturday night, got back to Norfolk, was staying with Hannah, and I was like, what the fuck do I do tomorrow? I was like, I 
originally just planned on driving all the way home on Sunday, but I was like, I feel like I need to go up to Maine. So we chatted about some spots a little bit and I was like, I feel like I want to go up to Portland, Maine. I was like, that's at least into Maine. It's not too far into Maine. I wanted to go up to like Acadia National Park without, I was like, I just don't want to drive that far. I feel like Portland will be fine. So I end up, she told, Hannah suggested going to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. So it was like a two hour drive up to Portsmouth. Stopped there for a little bit, walked around, got some, did I get food? I don't think I got food. No, I didn't because I was starving. Yeah, I did not get any food in Portsmouth. I just got coffee and just wandered around there. It was a great, quaint little, super cute city. I loved it. Um, And then I was like, it was just like very like old school New England vibe. So at that point, then I got New Hampshire checked off my list. I was like, all right, let's head up to Maine. So I w- drove an hour up to Portland, which again, when I left Sunday morning, my plan was to hit Portsmouth quick, Portland quick, and then drive up through New Hampshire and at least get up to Vermont and then like, spend the night in like Montpelier. And I'm like, at least then like I checked off a lot of my trip. Well, once I got up to Portland, well, once I got up Sunday morning, I didn't even get up early because I was so fucking tired and exhausted from the last two days of work and driving so much and w- getting no sleep. So I didn't get up and moving until 10, 30, 11, and I didn't leave. I didn't really leave Massachusetts until like noon. So by the time I got to Portsmouth, it was like 1.32, something like that. And then by the time I made it to Maine, it was like 5. And so I got to Maine and I was like, what are my plans? And I was thinking about it and I was like, I don't feel like driving anymore tonight. I don't even know where I want to go tonight. I don't know a good route. Like I have no idea. And like I wasn't stressed about this at all. Like let me pers- remind you like I was not really stressed at all but I was like I feel like I want to go up to like I feel like I wanted to go up to Bar Harbor but I wasn't sure and like I was sitting there I was on the phone with Steph and I was just sitting in my car like decompressing and I was like honestly like what if I just stay here for the night and she was like that's not a good idea I was like you know what maybe I'm just gonna park my car I'm just gonna go grab some dinner I'm gonna grab a drink and I'm just gonna chill out just to see the city a little bit and maybe just stay here tonight find a place to stay and then in the morning I will drive a lot. It's fine. So I end up finding this little place called Porthole to go and I wanted to sit outside on the patio but she's like it's like a 20-30 minute wait and I was so fucking hungry. I was like it's fine like I'll just sit inside the bar. So I sit inside the bar and there wasn't like there was only like a few seats open. There was one next to a younger guy. This is just like funny like how things work out here but they I end up like going to sit next to this younger guy. He ends up striking up a little bit of a conversation with me. I realized that I'm he was very annoying and I was not really into him at all. I was like, it's fine. But I was chatting with him. I was obviously being nice, but I just, obviously in the back of my head when I sit next to a guy, I'm like, oh, like maybe something's going to happen. But no, it was, it was whatever. So I end up ordering the salmon. Literally so good. I'm just sitting there having my high noon, just enjoying life, chatting with them. He was with like a bunch of older guys, like probably in like their sixties. And they find out I'm from Michigan. They're like, oh, where are you staying? The whole, we talk about my whole life story, whatever. I'm like, I don't know where I'm staying. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, trying to figure it all out. And so they're like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like, that's awesome for you. The younger guy ends up leaving. Start talking to this older guy, Pat. He's like with his friends. I become besties with Pat, okay? I ate my food. I end up having a drunk girl come sit next to me at one point, ask for a bite of my food. It was just, it was a whole time. And so we were just like chatting about my life and my job. And they were asking me all these questions. And then we started to figure out my route for the way home. They were literally just the greatest guys ever. I ended up I ended up staying there for like three hours because I was just having so much fun with them. And they ended up helping me plan my route through the mountains of New Hampshire up to Vermont, 
told me where to cross the border into Canada. Because at that point, I decided that driving home from Canada was probably my best bet. And so I'd never been to Canada, really. I'd never crossed the border like that. Like, I didn't really know what I was doing. And so he was, like, told me the easiest spot to cross in the top of Vermont, which is Derby Line, which was, it was a super, super easy spot to cross the border. And so, yeah, did all that. So much fun. And in that time, I was emailing Airbnbs because I was, like, trying to get a deal. I didn't want to pay to stay somewhere, so I was emailing all these Airbnbs to see if they would trade me stay for photos and a post or whatever. And... So I was doing all that and I just, I, I was hoping that I would find something, but I also wasn't really sure. But again, I was not stressed. It was like 7.30 and 7 o'clock at night. Like I wasn't stressed and they were like, where are you going to stay? Where are you going to stay? I'm like, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about it. My, my theory was that at the end of the day, if I don't find something, like I'll just go get a hotel. Like if I have to drive somewhere to get a hotel, it's fine. I'll work it out. It'll, it's not that big of a deal. So ends up, I hear back from the super great Airbnb and let me look up quick what their name was, but her name was Jessica, the Airbnb host, and she agreed to it, and she was like, hey, I'll do it for the cost of a cleaning fee, and I was like, awesome, so I did that, and so I end up telling the guys, like, hey, I got a place, like, they're like, wait, really, and I was like, yeah, and I told them, I was like, well, I wasn't going to tell you guys that I, (laughs) what I was doing until I actually, if I actually got one, because I was like, I don't want to, like, I just, whatever. So I, I told them about it and they were like, that's so cool. Like, that's awesome. And they're like, actually, that's a really great place to stay too. Especially because the other places I looked at that were like maybe a little bit nicer Airbnbs or like super bougie Airbnbs were like in terrible areas. And so they're like, no, that's a really great place to stay. Like I would, you can feel comfortable walking outside at night. Like all that, that's great. And I'm like, awesome. Okay. So I end up booking this Airbnb. I don't end up getting there to like nine because I was like having so much fun hanging out with these guys and Pat ends up giving me his number when he leaves. And you know how like you can tell like when a guy's like an older man's being creepy. Like he was literally just like just a cool old old guy. Like I loved him. He was talking to me about his son, like how sad he was. He was going to college, all this stuff. So yeah, I ended up staying at this Airbnb with Jessica is the host name. She was so sweet. Just charged me the price of a cleaning fee and it was a really, really, really great place. It was like a perfect, it was in the west end of Portland. It was in a really good neighborhood. It was only two blocks from this bar called Ruski's where I ended up going that night, which was a place that Pat suggested. And so I ended up going there. They were super great. I loved it. Had a drink there. Yeah, so I'll post the link in the show notes to the Airbnb. But the name is, like, Cute, Clean, Quaint, West End Place. And then on Instagram, their handle is Maine New England Home Connections, which, again, I'll link all this in the show notes. But they were just a super great, clean, nice place, good area. I loved them. And I'm just so grateful that she was willing to trade photos and um, all that for the place. So I love that. That was Saturday night. Sunday. No, that was Sunday night. What? Yeah, that was Sunday night. This episode is so long. I'm so sorry. If you're still listening to this, I love you. I'm getting to even more juicy details about, like, my costs and stuff. So just just keep listening, okay? So then that was Sunday night. Sunday, Monday morning, I left Portland. I got up. I actually ended up waking up at 6 a.m. naturally. And I was like, you know, I really should go watch the sunrise. And it, sunrise is at, like, 5.45. But I was like, fuck it. So I drove to the east end. It was, like, 10 minutes. Watched the sunrise. Took some cute pics. Had lots of fun. Then I did all the photos in the Airbnb that morning while the lighting was good. Did all that. I ended up leaving, I think, by 8. Got on the road, was driving, and the plan was to drive through the mountains of New Hampshire, get up to the border crossing and Derby Line, and then go from there. 
And so I never really knew how much my plan was to drive. I just wanted to make it as far as I could. And so I took my time going through New Hampshire and Vermont. I would stop and like take pictures, taking pictures as I drive. Like it was just so beautiful. It was so nice. I was like when I had my little cry moment, it was great. And then got up to Derby line. I was so anxious about the freaking border crossing. I was just so stressed. And again, like it was fine. Like there were only a few cars in front of me. He just asked me what, like, where I was going, what I was doing. I had to fill out the Arrive Canada thing before I got there. Not a big deal. The border crossing was literally so easy. Until I got across the border. And then I remembered that I was crossing into Quebec. And Quebec is a French-speaking province, which I knew. But I thought that it was French and English. Like, I thought that... I didn't realize that French was the main language in Quebec. It is, okay? And then I'm remembering that I was used to... I stopped in the Montreal airport once for a layover on my way home from Italy, and I remembered how mean that they were. I remember how mean they were in the airport if you didn't speak French. And so I was just, all of a sudden, all this memory, these memories were hitting me. All the signs are in French. I'm looking at my GPS. I have no internet. My phone's not working. Nothing's working. I don't know where I'm going. I knew that I needed to stay on this road for a while. I knew I needed to head to Montreal. I knew I was going through Montreal. So I'm like, okay, follow signs for Montreal. But again, everything else is in French. Everything, just the second I crossed, I got so much anxiety. I didn't know what was going on. I ended up pulling off. I'm like, all right, let's stop at a gas station. Hopefully there'll be something I, I can get Wi-Fi, figure out why my phone's not working, all of that. Pull off at this gas station and no Wi-Fi. Also, the sign says 189.9. Okay, I don't know what that means. Like, I thought gas was like $3, $4 a gallon. What does 189.9 mean? I'm going to be honest, I still don't know. I still don't know what that means. So if somebody knows from Canada, please let me know. But it said that and I was like, I don't know what to do with this information. I have no idea. Uh, I guess I'll just like get some gas because I was like a quarter of a tank. So I, everything's in French. I'm just clicking through trying to get it to just take my card. Isn't working, isn't working. Finally works. And then it gets to like $30 and I'm like, and there was no, I couldn't just start it. There was no thing on the, like I had to stand there and hold it. And so I got to like $30. I'm like, I guess that's good. Like, I don't know how much that is in like, is that US dollars? Is that Canadian dollars? Is that, what does 189.9 mean? Like, I know nothing. So I stopped it at 30, got in my car. It only filled up to like less than a third of a tank or three quarters of a tank. And so I was like, how much is gas? Like, I don't know what's happening. So I'm like, whatever. I got to get back on the road. I got to find somewhere to find Wi-Fi. I still have no internet. Try calling. My phone wasn't even working. I was like, I kept losing service. I was like, what is happening? Like, I cannot be in this country for hours. 10, 12 hours of driving without fucking service. And at that point, it was, it, when I pulled off, it started to reroute me. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't reroute me because I had no service. So try to get back on the highway, end up going on the highway the wrong way towards Vermont. And I was like, I got to get off somewhere. So I was signed for Burger King. I'm like, they hopefully have Wi-Fi. I am starving. I have not eaten since 8 a.m. And it's now 2.30. Like, I'm so fucking hungry. Pull off at this Burger King. At this point, I'm on the verge of an anxiety attack. Like, I'm about to cry. I'm like, I know all this will work out, but I'm having a moment. I need to feel some feelings. I'm not doing okay. Try calling my sister. Normally, she's super helpful. I won't lie, Chelsea, you were not helpful. I think she was half asleep. She was like, I don't know. I don't know why your phone's not working. And I'm like, "Uh, whatever, bye. So I hung up on her and I was like, I'm literally about to cry. I'm on the verge of tears. I call my mom and I'm like, where, like, figure out why my phone's not working. Please figure out AT&T's number. Help me. And so she's at work and she's like, go on speakerphone. And <laughs> she works at a Christian school. And so I'm like literally swearing on the phone. I'm like, she's like, go on speakerphone. I'm like, okay, I'm so sorry. So she's like looking stuff up. She's like, I don't know why it's not. As she's talking, I'm scrolling through and I realized my data roaming was off. The second I turn that on, totally fine. So figure that out. Get internet. My anxiety starts to lessen a little bit. I feel less like I want to cry, but I'm still starving. 
But then I'm anxious about going to the drive-thru because I'm like, what if they speak to me in French and I don't speak French and then I sound like an idiot and they're mad at me. So my mom ends up talking me up. She's like, you need to go. Like, you're going to be fine. She looks up the average price of gas in Canada. It's like $6.50 to $7 a gallon. So I'm like, cool. So now I just made the worst decision to drive 12 hours through Canada where gas is double the amount of money. Like, I just... Everything was hitting me and I was not having a good time. After having the greatest morning, you know, crying tears of happiness and we're crying tears of actual just insanity. So I go through the drive-thru and I pull up and she's speaking in French and I was like, can I get a number 13? And she, so she starts speaking in English. Sweetest woman ever. So nice to me at the drive-thru. Like, it was fine. It was great. Got some food. Got back on the road. I end up driving. In my Rive Canada thing, I said that I wanted to make it to Cambridge. And so that was past Toronto, which was like... 10 hours total of driving that day but I didn't like get on the road until like I don't know like I just I I didn't really know what my plan was I just knew I wanted to make it past Toronto because I figured it'd be cheaper to stay there so that morning I had emailed some Airbnbs and all of them said no and so then at one point I stopped and literally just emailed up probably like 15 20 in a row until and this was at like 7 30 at night though so I was like I still don't know where I'm staying like Cambridge is still a couple hours away hopefully someone will answer it at that point, I guess I'll just go with the hotel. I made a hotel reservation because I needed to have one to cross the border. Like, I needed to say where I was staying. And so I made this one that was fully refundable. Whatever. I figured I'd just get a refund if I find somewhere else to stay. Well, like, at, like, 8.30, I finally get an answer from one of the Airbnb owners. Um, and she, Megan, literally sweetest, nicest person, greatest Airbnb I've ever stayed at. I have so many good things to say. She ended up replying and she's like, oh my gosh, that sounds great. Like, I do the same tr- sort of things with my own content creating brand. Like, that is amazing. I'd love to have you stay for free tonight. Like, let's do a trade. I was like, you're kidding. I was like, that is so sweet. And this was in Brantford, Ontario, which was near Cambridge, I think. And so I was like, oh my gosh, that's literally so sweet. Like, I won't be there till like 1030 tonight, but like, I would love to. And so we ended up, I'm trading, giving her five to seven photos or five to seven photos of her space and then making a post, and then talking about it on the podcast, and which is a very organic talk about it, because I literally, like, was obsessed with this place. If you saw my Instagram stories, you know how obsessed with this place I was. So, it was this two-bedroom, it's labeled, it's called the Copper Flat, two-bedroom eclectic apartment. It just was so fucking cute. Like, all the details were stunning. There was so much black. There were black accent walls, black hardware, gold hardware, like, just the most stunning space. I was absolutely obsessed with it. I ended up not leaving till like 10 a.m. the next morning because I just sat around, created content in there, took photos, just sat. There was an egg chair in the backyard I sat in. Just everything about it was absolutely perfection. It was like a duplex in Brantford. Wonderful. If you're ever going through the area, if you're in Ontario, go stay at the Copper Flat. She's at the Copper Flat on Instagram as well. Again, I'll link all this in the show notes, but it, absolutely stunning. Love the place. Best place I could have stayed. Best deal. Loved it. Um, Yeah. And so then staying there would have been Monday night. And then the morning I drove from Brantford to Ludington. I crossed the border in Port Huron, Michigan. It was like a six and a half hour drive home. Made it home yesterday at like 530. Went for dinner and drinks with my friend Kate. Decompressed a little bit later around. And then, yeah, now I'm recording this this morning. And I know this has been a super long episode. But that's the details of my trip. Hopefully that all made sense. Total in the 14 days that I've been gone since I left Ludington, I've driven a total of about 47 hours, which is crazy. And that doesn't even count the other hours I spent in the car, like with Hannah when she drove or like being an attack, like any other thing else, like 47 hours of me driving, which is insanity. And then my actual trip was about 41 hours of driving. So that was from Port Hope down around up to Portland, Maine, up through Canada and back to Ludington. So 
Lots of driving. So worth it. Let's talk money real fast. I'll wrap this up really fast. I know I've been talking for a long fucking time, but I told my gas. I spent about three, $370 on gas. That is all US dollars because my credit card converted what I spent. I spent everything on my credit card so I could keep track of all this. About 370 on gas. I probably would have been cheaper if I wouldn't have gone through Canada, but also it was two and a half hours longer to stay in the US. So I don't know if it would have been any cheaper. Like, yeah, I would have had, I would have further to drive in the US, but the gas was more expensive in Canada. So probably about evened out. I spent 370 on gas, 240 on my stay, because here's the thing. I spent 118 on the cleaning fee for the Portland Airbnb. And then even though my Airbnb was free in Canada, I tried to, I canceled my reservation for my hotel too late and they wouldn't give me a refund and I was pissed. And so I ended up spending 120 on a hotel room that I didn't even, didn't even stay at. So 240 total on stay for the 10 days that I was gone and then about 180 on food. So there were time, like when I was in New York, my aunt ended up paying for food every time. And then there were a few nights I didn't have to get dinner because I had wedding dinners. And then when I went out for dinner and drinks with my couple, they ended up paying, which was so sweet of them. And then when I was in Portland, Pat, my bestie, the fisherman, he ended up getting my tab, which was, I mean, it probably was like 50, 60 bucks that I didn't have to spend on food. So food would have been probably closer to like 300, but it was about a 180 by the time that other people covered things for me, which was super great. I'm so thankful for that. And then parking and tolls, I would say was probably about 40. I only had a few of them on my credit card. The rest was in cash. So I'm guesstimating there. I did get a $63 parking ticket. I will not be paying. Tell me if that's a bad idea. My, I talked to my sister about it and we just decided that I wasn't going to pay it. So, <laughs> because the thing was I planned on paying, I literally went to the park, I went to go pay when I left the parking spot. Turns out you had to pay before, but I didn't know that. So I was like, that's fucking annoying. I had no problem paying. I didn't end up paying for an hour. So I paid them and they gave me a parking ticket. So I'm not paying the parking ticket. Sorry guys. Fuck you. That's all. That's it. That's my trip. What I spent total then would be, oh, I forgot to add this up. What is it? 370 plus 240 plus 180 plus 40. That all together is $830. I would say, I would say that's about right. Maybe I spent a little more, maybe I spent a little less, but about $830 is what I spent. And while that is, I mean, it's a, it's a chunk of change. I got to see four states that I've never seen. I got to go through Canada got to spend so much time just adventuring and dreaming and I also worked so total what I made for work is $2,100 so on this trip I made $2,100 and I spent $830 so I came out about $1,300 ahead I am totally okay with that I have no complaints there by the time I pay by the time I take out taxes on them I'll make about $1,000 so let's say I profited $1,000 after this trip I am so okay with that. That is a win for me. It was a great trip. I have no complaints. It was wonderful. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Obviously, it was a lot about me and my life, but a lot about the trip. I know I went very, very in-depth on that, maybe too in-depth, but once I get going, sometimes it's hard for me to stop. Also, in that spot where I had to re-record 15 minutes of me talking, I couldn't remember what I said and what I didn't say, so hopefully I covered everything I meant to cover. Hopefully that was helpful for you guys. Now you have a little bit better idea of what's been going on in my life in the last three weeks. And 
If you guys have any questions about my trip or details about it or want to know more, like I said, I'll link both of those Airbnbs in my show notes and their Instagrams and all that stuff. And then, yeah, I I definitely recommend checking out the Airbnb in Ontario. It was absolutely stunning. I think Ontario was just super cool in general. Quebec was also awesome. Portland, everywhere that I went was so fucking cool. I just, I'm so grateful for my job that I can do work while I travel and then turn it into a personal trip at the last minute and I'm just grateful for myself for being so chill even though it was a ball of anxiety at some points being chill in the fact that I just took took me where the wind blew me and I just didn't really have any plans and I let everything happen as it went and I think it was just the greatest way to make the trip go so that's all I have for you guys. Thank you so much for listening. It means the absolute world to me that you're here. And if you liked what you heard, please go ahead and subscribe and follow the podcast and turn on those post notifications and then head over to the Instagram and follow along at That's All Pod. We have been updating over there. It, the feed is looking absolutely stunning. Erin has been doing such a great job with the feed. I'm loving it. So go check it out if you haven't. Plus, if you want to hear more episodes, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. That truly helps us so much. I love you all so much already, and I cannot wait to chat with you next week. That's all. Bye.